Guitar Hero, here we go. <laughs> Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. Colson Steber, what do you think of the music? Love it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's good. We we until this season we I never heard the music. And so um you were one of the first guests to actually get the full intro with the music and everything, get us fired up, right? Yeah, I feel good now. <laughs> Joining us today, Colson Steber. That was him. He is the co-CEO of Communications for Research and Ag Access. He is also the I guess, do we call it the immediate past president president of the Great Lakes Chapter of the Inside Association? Correct. Yeah. And so, um, man, I'm so happy to have you on today because I think we have a fun story to tell. Um, and before we get to it, this episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. Please follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. You can text us at 513-401-5463. So I'll try to set up a little bit. Colson, you were on, we just looked it up, April 20th of last year. And man, what a crazy time that was, right? April 20th of 2020 was really the um, peak of the shutdown. So, yeah, it was a crazy time because I think that was the height of, oh, wow, what is happening, right? We weren't sure how long this was going to last. It was just going to cripple our economy. And I remember, I w you could go back and listen to it, but I remember it was a challenging time for your company, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think at the time our uh, work in progress was down 70% from what it had been a month before. Down 70%. And you're certainly not the only company that had challenges like that. I mean, we saw... Not that much later, a lot of companies had layoffs and qualitative research was way down and the, the industry kind of had to pivot. And that was a rough time. And in some ways, it seems like a long time ago. In some ways, it seems like it wasn't that long time ago. It was only nine months ago. But that was tough, I'm assuming, for you personally, right? Yeah, very. And yeah. I, mean, I feel like 2020 was... Every week could have been a month or a year. Yeah. Um, so, what, like, what were some of maybe really quickly? What What were kind of some of the hurdles that you faced then, and with uh, you know leading a company through this? Uh, first of all, it was like bear down, try to think how do we make as informed decisions as we possibly can, but no matter what, make a whole lot of decisions and have those be things that we could like take some pride in later as well as uh hopefully recreate our own v-shaped recovery right and the, this is going to be a good story for those listening this is a good, <laughs> i think this will turn out to be positive and so since april 20th what have what is I mean, you've had some tough decisions to make, and you really pivoted, right? Yeah. So we had always uh, – so w we managed to keep our entire team together out of the gift that was PPP and uh, had a whole lot of time that 
hopefully we could go execute on a bunch of things that were sitting on the shelf. So first and foremost, we were implementing the entrepreneurial operating system and we're at a point where we needed to change how performance reviews worked, how meetings between managers and direct reports worked and teams uh, and to meet the structure of the business operating system that we were adopting. And we certainly had all the time in the world to do that, which means everyone, uh, we, we just fundamentally changed the foundation of how we run the business during Q2 of 2020. You had that planned already prior to this, right? You were already planning to change that to that system. Is that right? Right. We had started about six months before, but, you know, in the course of regular business, making as many changes as what we wanted would have easily taken a year to 18 months. And, you know, we, and in addition to that, we had been working to take our knowledge of our niche within agriculture and animal health research services and actually launch our, our own brand and business specific to that, which we did successfully with Ag Access. And so Q2 was like a year's worth of change in yeah. you know, 10 to 13 weeks. So prior to this, how much of your work was kind of like ag related versus not ag related? It was about 40% of the business, but the vast majority of that was actually concentrated within one customer. Okay. Okay. And so now you're pivoting and there's this new brand called Ag Access. Maybe talk about that for a minute. Right. So Ag Access is about bringing our knowledge of these audiences and our research logistics skills for, uh, you know, engaging uh, farmers and ranchers and uh, veterinarians to actually uh, participate in studies. And so we had been passively for about six to nine months already started up with recruiting into our own um community or panel that we would operate. And then, uh, and so we've got that, we, we stood that up uh, on the back end. And then on the front end, marketing wise, created the Ag Access website and uh, really did the work to say, who are the potential buyers of services for market research within these audiences that will get value out of it? Now that's, I mean, it's really amazing as you're walking through this, all the changes you made. And I know from my limited exposure to accessing these types of people and sampling, these are hard to reach people. It is, we've, when we try to reach them, we go to lists. And so the fact that you have a community probably, and that you are now experts or have been experts in this field, that has to be hopefully a huge advantage, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we stood up in June with only a few thousand. And because we do have at least a form of critical mass of studies with that go to these audiences, and we now are investing and continually recruiting, we've now got uh, already over 40,000 people across. And, and a lot of times what we're dealing with 
is profiling down to extremely unique niches. Like, uh, you know, there's only 40 pork powerhouses in the United States, and I need to be able to get as many of uh, the exact role types as need recruited, let's say, for a qualitative study found. And so we've got really, you know, a couple thousand data points getting tracked of all of the different, uh, you know, technically specific areas of specialty within ag and animal health. Now I can, I can, again, I can speak a little bit from the panel perspective, and we know that the best panels in our network from a B2B standpoint are ones that kind of focus on those industries because it gets so technical. And the, you mentioned 2,000 profiling points for some people. Um, that is really a key to quality, in my opinion, is working with a partner that understands that industry because a lot, a lot of times clients, well, at least our clients are more full-service market researchers. Yours are probably more brands, but um, don't understand all of the challenges faced with recruiting and how to talk to them. And so I'm always a big fan of working with people that really understand that industry. Yeah. I I resist going the uh, direction of a panel business model because I yeah. know particularly within these groups, right? If, if you're not hiring for our ability to help manage the process and understand the audience and what is the best question to uh, to ask to get a quality answer, uh, then it like I almost don't even want to field the study. Um, right. So we have it. We're we're still very much a data collection business and not bringing on full time analysts. But we know enough uh, to really help the consulting firm or the UX group or the full service research consultancy, uh, you know, dig in and get it right, get the research that they're doing right within that group. Right. And so you have kind of a new internal management entrepreneurial system. I'm not sure if I said that right. Um, and then you're kind of rebranding and you're refocusing a bit. And then on top of that, you have other challenges, I would assume, in terms of like working environment that most companies face, but you know, we're working from home, we're working remotely and you have call centers, right? So how did you figure that out? Yeah, you know, we had 130 employees in our call center, which is a, where about half of our revenue is generated. And they had only ever worked in person, even though all of our, you know, uh, professional research team has always is generally been 100% remote. And that was an absolutely monumental undertaking. Um, <laughs> luckily, like I said, we weren't laying anyone off. So we had the time to take to uh, dig in. And my uh, business partner and a couple of our IT people, uh, you know, understand all of the back end of how to get things set up to run right. So we had 65 people stood up and working remotely with inside of two weeks. But that was, uh, but then from there, the real challenge became uh, like by 
the middle of June, we were actually in a position of needing to hire employees back in. And from and and no one. The interesting thing is that no one left us because the job security was so welcome. But uh, bringing in new people uh, from the end of June until the end of August, our turnover rate within a month of hiring people, unfortunately, was literally one hundred percent. Wow. And and that wasn't out of lack of trying to check all the boxes. It's that trying to onboard an employee that's only making a couple of bucks an hour over minimum wage for a 100% remote job yeah. is ridiculously complex. Yeah, I can imagine because you have, you know, questionnaires and you have um, QCing and you have security issues probably with data. Yeah. Um, I can't even imagine. I, I think it's, I do think it's interesting that we just spoke about for any company. The first two things that you talked about are huge undertakings, but this third one you described as a monumental undertaking, um, which really lends itself to the challenges. I mean, it, I can't even imagine going through all this simultaneously. Yeah, I was uh, at work every day for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But the good news is, is that like our, our, our team and our business structure is set up that like we just changed our goals and everybody was aligned to like the goal that they were the decision maker in, right? Which gets, yeah. them, which gets us marching in the right direction, you know, in the course of one meeting. Right. Um, have you had time to like reflect on this at all? Because by the way, during all this, you're serving as president of an, you know, an important organization for our industry. On top of all this, you somehow found time to do that, right? <laughs> yep. I think we stood up, uh, and started doing two webinars a month in May. Um, Jeez. which, and those were, uh, I mean, those are fun to be a part of, uh, and, yeah. There, there was that element for me of uh, on the other, no one's buying anything right now, but on the other side of this, somebody's going to need to know who to reach out to. Right. Uh, and that the uh, kind of the few data points I had, you know, prior to 2020, almost every single person that had brought work to us had met me in person. So I was very much trying to solve for how and inside sales, you know, less personal role would work. And yeah. luckily the data was coming in that the only thing that the kind of market understands that we're uniquely so good you shouldn't ignore us at is ag. And so that was the only work we were winning, which was super reaffirming to the idea that we were expending a ton of resources on getting the new website up and launching the company. Right. And despite all of this, you had a, a pretty decent year, right? You closed pretty strong. Like, um, not yeah, that fortunately, I end up not uh, PPP round two eligible because we actually oh, wow. recovered so hard uh, from June onward that we got ourselves back to even the 2019 revenue. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Um, and how's the call center? Have you kind of worked out all the kinks? You have a decent kind of structure there yeah i mean i 
the a, a big part of that operating system is that people set quarterly priorities that really get that decision making done by the people who are actually involved in implementing and every single person had a you know a goal around that uh after that data had come in in September of yeah. how things were going. And we turned around and had our lowest ever turnover for the call center in fourth quarter. So, wow. and, and we're still only hiring 100% remote because we've faced, you know, multiple shutdowns. We've had multiple positive cases in office and had to close for cleanings and all. Uh, you know, that nightmare has made it so we're just making a permanent decision of everyone is only remote. There's a few people back in the office out of them being an employee that has been with us for a while who doesn't get stable internet connection in rural Missouri. You know, it's interesting. We talked about all the challenges you faced last year and what normally would be a gigantic challenge you just kind of glossed over like an afterthought that, oh, we've had multiple closings because of people, you know, getting a virus, like as if, you know, that's just normal day-to-day challenges that we face, but normally that would be huge. Yeah. We joke. uh, I mean, now it seems like an all the time conversation, but my, luckily one of the guys on my leadership team, his wife was in in charge of COVID response for a hotel chain. Oh, wow. So we were like, you know, taking the information that we could and, you know, repurposing it to understand how we should set up our COVID protocols. <laughs> right. Well, well, I'll say this. I mean, I've gotten to know you pretty well in the last year now. I'm so proud of what you've done. I know you're a big reader and you're really into systems and, and stuff, but I think you could write your own book on your recovery in this situation because when I talked to you, when we had our board meetings and things like that, you would, no one would have any idea all the probably the challenges that you, and you probably felt responsible for all, I mean, hundreds of employees face. So I'm like super happy for you. I know this is a journey. It's not a destination. And you're every day you're trying to be better, but um, it's just super impressed with how you handled everything. Yeah. Thanks. So I think my, my goal is that I, I proved to myself that the rate of change in could be wildly faster than I ever believed it could be last year. I want to create the same level of personal and business transformation for myself this year. Right. Wow, man, that's a (laughs) good luck with that. Wow. I just want to relax. What I'll look like a year from now. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to kind of take a nap and relax um, after this past year. Um, But you've used it as kind of a motivator to like push yourself. Right. Yeah, personally, I I dug in, and it, it would have been shortly after we met. Uh, a friend of mine, we're, we're accountability partners together, and agreed to reread Atomic Habits by Jim, James Clear. And we both quit drinking and set up a morning ritual that we would hold. And as of uh, this weekend, I hit 270 days straight of doing every single thing every day. Oh, man. Well, I'm impressed. And so I know you're, you also give back a lot. And so you've helped me as I've kind of struggled through um, some things 
you know, with the Insight Association and work and balancing all of that. And so um, I really appreciate it. Brian, did I miss anything? Any, anything you want to add? No, I think you covered all of it. I mean, this is a great success story coming out of almost a year ago from when we talked to you. It was seemed to be full-blown crisis, and now it seems you've pivoted and gotten better. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Hopefully it's not too vain. It was not without its insane stressors. Right. Well, Colson, thanks for joining. If our listeners have any questions about ag research, um, about the challenges that Colson's faced and how he overcame them, um, how can they reach you, Colson? Uh, the easiest is on LinkedIn. Okay, cool. Go to Colson Siebert's LinkedIn page. Yeah, go to Colson Siebert's LinkedIn page. And again, um, thanks for joining us. It's such such a cool story from where we were last April to where you are today and happy to share it. And I uh, hope our listeners enjoyed it as well. Everybody have a good day. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>